I don't know when the next time is going to be when someone's going to come up to you and say, hey, who are you discipling? Are you obeying Matthew 28? Are you obeying the Great Commission? Um, you may not hear that for years and years and years. And that's really unfortunate because this is our main mission as believers. And because of that, um, th that can make it easier and easier for us, and this is, this is really what's happened to the church, to fall back into a state of believing that, well, we just check these boxes and we feel like we're kind of doing the, our Christian duty and not really, really focused on what Jesus actually commanded, but actually just looking at what it means to be a religious person or a basic you know, Christian within a, uh, within a Western culture. And those things don't involve disciple-making. No one's going to expect you to make disciples in most of those contexts, but clearly Jesus does. Hey friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you'll hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission, community, and discipleship. So today's episode was taken from one of our coaching intensives called Life on Life Discipleship, where we provide you with personal coaching and equipping on your journey to taking on apprentices to multiply disciples. So to learn more about this coaching intensive, visit 1kh.org discipleship. And if you're interested in learning more about a thousand houses in general and want to check out some of our other resources, head on over to 1kh.org. Let's jump into today's episode. We're about to move on into a lot of the practical elements of disciple making, but before we go there, I want to just challenge you to think through this question of, are you willing to commit to a disciple-making lifestyle? This is not a one-time thing. This is not a project that, that kind of comes and goes. This is a commission that you receive and then you choose to live out with your whole life. And I really think that we need, that we need to time to really think through, is this a lifestyle that I'm ready to, to, to lead? Taking on apprentices, training people to follow Jesus, uh, really choosing to repeatedly go through this process over and over again with more and more people. I mean, these are things that are really uh, a big part, a big chunk of your whole ministry life. And so we want to really think through what this what entails uh, in, in this idea of, of taking on disciple-making as a lifestyle, the disciple-making life. So as we do that, you guys, um, I know that as we've talked about being sold on this mission of discipleship, I want to talk about the three major derailers that oftentimes come along after you've already decided, I really want to make disciples. I believe this is my mission. I've embraced the mission. I'm ready to go. But these things are going to happen to you guys. I guarantee it. Um, and so we need to get comfortable and aware of what these are. The three derailers I want to talk about um, that really we need, to, we need to face when making a commitment to disciple-making lifestyle are one, an easier strategy, two, an early failure, and three, a busy life. So let me talk through these things. First of all, an easier strategy. If you uh, decide to make disciples and you begin to take on people as apprentices and begin to train them in the way that we're going to be describing, there are going to be so many people who are committed Christians, who are doing other kinds of ministry that would be a lot less taxing on your time, maybe on your emotions, and you're going to look at those ministries and go, maybe I should invest in those ministries. I mean, this is a lot of work, and it looks really small. And so these other strategies that can immediately bear fruit, uh, even though it's not that multiplying fruit that we're looking for with disciple making, it looks a lot bigger. And so what, it, what are you going to do to resist just sort of giving into an easier strategy? 
And I'll give you guys a quote that for me kind of solidified my commitment to disciple making as a long-term lifestyle. So this is from E.M. Bounds, something that he wrote in his book, uh, Power Through Prayer. And he wrote this way back in 1910. He said, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more and novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer. Now, I can't believe that he said this in 1910. I don't know what kinds of innovations were happening back then, but probably the same as today. Uh, we have seen the church try to dis discover methods and believe that what's really anointed is this machinery, novel methods, and not actually investing in people themselves. And so when Ian Bounds says, the Holy Ghost does not move through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men. He's saying that the ministry is really about people, specific people that are being increasingly trained to live, to, to obey Jesus and be fill, filled with the Holy Spirit. That is, that is ministry. And there's going to be a lot of different other elements of ministry. The machinery of ministry is a real thing, but it's not the core thing. The core thing we all need to be committed to, even if we're also called to do some element of, of, of participating and supporting sort of, you know, these other efforts that are more maybe administrative or one time, we have to stay committed to training people, to being in a relationship with people, to introducing people to Jesus and training them to follow Jesus. That, that's, that is ministry. And so discipleship and ministry are far more um, united. And I think that Ian e. Bounds in 1910, um, when he was writing this and saying this, was really very prophetic, probably for his day, but definitely for our day, um, that, that what the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or novel methods, but we need people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, people to be uh, committed to prayer, people to be following Jesus, obeying Jesus, and making disciples. So, um, that, that, is, that is a really helpful thing to remember, that there is no such thing as an easier strategy uh, that actually works long-term for the kingdom that does not involve people, that doesn't involve really dealing with the challenges that come with training people and, and, uh, and helping people. So, um, there, so it's really important not to give into an easier uh, strategy. Um, a, second, a second one is uh, oftentimes that derails people is an early failure. Now, a few things can discourage a disciple maker more than watching somebody walk away from a discipleship relationship, maybe even walk away from their faith. Um, that can be really, really challenging. And, you know, one of the reasons why I wonder whether or not Jesus took on Judas uh, was to encourage uh, any of us who have been a part of disciple making and to know that if Jesus, who was the perfect disciple maker of all time, um, was uh, only 11 for 12, then we're going to also run into problems in our disciple making and that we can't, uh, we can't control people in a way that it will determine where, they'll, where they will go. Many, many people will follow Jesus because of our disciple-making efforts, but there will be people who will fall away. There will be people who will resist the Holy Spirit. There will be people who will drop out in the middle of a disciple-making process and are really not ready or have made a decision to really pursue other things, and that can be super challenging and discouraging. So I want to encourage you guys that, that Jesus, he knows that discouragement. Uh, he stuck with Judas for three years knowing what he was in for, uh, he decided to, um, despite that, to continue to love him. And even when he was betrayed by, 
by Judas and ultimately um, had suffered that relational rift that 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 creates. Um, that was not something that, that, that ever gave Jesus pause about the importance of making disciples because after he rose from the dead, that's when he gave the Great Commission, go and make disciples. And even there, even during the Great Commission in Matthew 28, it said that people that were showing up to listen and watch Jesus ascend, some of them doubted. Um, and so Jesus was constantly struggling with his disciples. They were, they were all, all the time, there were times where he was like, oh, you have little faith. And, you know, Jesus experienced over and over again in the Gospels the emotion of frustration. Um, and so that is a part of disciple making. You're going to experience frustration from time to time. You can't uh, have rose-colored glasses about this process and say, well, whatever I do, because I've poured out my life in this very giving way, it's going to bear enormous fruit and there's not going to be real challenges. There will be real challenges. There will be times where people will, will resist and you will get frustrated. So it's important to, to stay the course when it comes to disciple making and not get too discouraged by those times of failure or, the, or, or when people resist. The third one, and this I think is the biggest one that everyone in our culture uh, faces the most, is, is a busy life. There are so many other things that, are, that a life entails that apprenticing people is a very challenging thing to add to a busy life. And so oftentimes we decide to drop this incredibly important command because we, we look at our life and we're like, I don't know where this fits. Now we're going to give you guys a whole bunch of very practical ways to try to um, really work disciple making um, and integrate that into a very challenging, busy lifestyle. However, um, the easiest thing is just to stop because if you guys don't make disciples and you leave this coaching intensive or after this coaching intensive choose not to continue to make disciples, um, I don't know when the next time is going to be when someone's going to come up to you and say, hey, who are you discipling? Are you obeying Matthew 28? Are you obeying the Great Commission? Um, you may not hear that for years and years and years, and that's really unfortunate because this is our main mission as believers. And because of that, um, th that can make it easier and easier for us, and this is, this is really what's happened to the church, to fall back into a state of believing that, well, we just check these boxes and we feel like we're kind of doing the, our Christian duty and not really, really focused on what Jesus actually commanded, but actually just looking at what it means to be a religious person or a basic you know, Christian within a, uh, within a Western culture. And those things don't involve disciple-making. No one's going to expect you to make disciples in most of those contexts, but clearly Jesus does. Jesus commands us to go and make disciples. And so it's really important to be prepared for the challenges that integrating discipleship um, uh, really poses to a busy life. And so we want to face those things together. That's a huge reason, by the way, that we're doing this in a coaching environment, because we want to understand very specifically what are the challenges that, that exist within your lifestyle. Like, what are you facing? What are, what are the, you know, what is happening to, to make your life so full and so busy? And how can we strategically and thoughtfully continue to make disciples in the midst of that? So we don't want you guys to ever feel alone in that process. Um, that's something that we want to constantly be talking to you about. But certainly, if you, um, if you choose to, to step out of the coaching or once you've completed the coaching, that can be a challenge. A busy life stops many disciple makers from continuing to reproduce. And so we want to be really thoughtful about making a commitment. So this is what I want to ask you guys to do. Really think about this commitment. Um, and really, the process of learning to make disciples, I think, is a minimum one-year commitment. And so I want you guys to really consider, are you willing to give the process of learning to disciple others a one-year commitment? This would be just involve you know, continuing to learn about how to, how to do this, 
participating in coaching, being encouraged on a regular basis as you take on more and more people to get into, to get this fully integrated into your life. And then once that happens, what, our hope is that this becomes a lifestyle for you. You begin to totally embrace a lifestyle of disciple making so that year after year after year, you're seeing disciples who are making disciples who are making disciples. You'll see this reproduction happen generationally and spiritually through your efforts. And so um, if that's something you're ready for, uh, we really want you to consider that. But are you willing to make a one-year commitment to this process, to the process of learning the disciple making lifestyle? And if you are, then please uh, let's talk about that in, in our coaching meetings. If there's any concern about that or ways in which you think you might not be able to make a commitment like that, we'd also like to hear about that. So please um, take some time, kind of journal through your honest thoughts about the commitment to making disciples um, and really how you would face these kinds of uh, three things that oftentimes derail discipleship, this, these other strategies that, that are going to pop up from time to time. They're going to be a lot easier. The, the process or the, the, the frustration of, of having challenging disciples or uh, apprentices that, that you're going to be working with and the busyness that all of us face in our life. Are you able to sort of commit to pushing through those kinds of challenges to saying, I want to spend a year learning the disciple-making method, integrating it into my life so this can become a lifestyle for me um, for the rest of my life? So let's talk about that. I'd love for you guys to process that, and we'd love to hear uh, what your thoughts are on that. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have a deep desire to actually make disciples in your context, but you simply don't know how, we'd love to invite you to apply for our coaching intensive called Life on Life Discipleship, where you're going to work through online content and receive personal coaching on this journey to making disciples that multiply. So for more information and to apply for this coaching, head over to 1kh.org slash discipleship. We'll see you for the next episode.